Hello, and welcome to this edition of Secure Networks, the Index Packet Forensic Files with your host, Michael Morris. This week's very special guest is Brian Ford, Assistant Professor of Computer Programming and Information Systems at Farmingdale State College and former Cisco Technical Marketing Engineer. Brian, welcome. Thank you for joining. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Thanks, Mike. Um, I, I think you kind of captured it all. Um, <laughs> so uh, Brian Ford uh, started in the industry, I guess, when uh, Novell was a thing <laughs> and uh, worked my way into TCPIP networking. Um, 23 years at Cisco went by pretty quickly. Uh, you know, I was, I jokingly say I was hired in 97. Um, I was fired because I left Cisco in 2014. I was acquired by Cisco in 2016. I joined, rejoined Cisco with the Lancope acquisition, and then finally retired from Cisco uh, earlier, just in October of this year. So, Excellent. Well, glad to see you in the world of teaching security now. Um, and you've been in the network security space for almost 30 years. What's the main thing you see SecOps teams lacking from a security expertise? That's a great question, <laughs> and thanks for that. So I guess the you know the I have been doing this for a long time, and 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 literally throughout my career, I've been um, always tied in some way to education. You know, I again I started out in Novell as a CNI, a certified Novell instructor. Um, I joined Cisco. Um, you know, I, I helped uh, train other employees, and uh, I. I, I I should point out I'm a longtime CCIE. I, my CCIE number is 2106. So, you know, I acquired that back in the 90s. Um, but, you know, throughout it, all my learning about education and my espousing to others about education, I think one of the most important things that disconnects that I see, specifically going out and working with customers, is um, how training is very often disconnected from the organization, all right? And, and the, when I say disconnected from the organization, I mean, we teach people basically how various products work and network security works or should work, um, but we sometimes we don't uh, allow enough basically for uh, the student to understand how that impacts their infrastructure and how that inf impacts the policies and the procedures of that organization. And so sometimes when we, you know, students will come back to me and they'll say, you know, you, you taught me all these really great things, but, um, you know, when, when I went back to my organization, I tried to implement them, you know, the, there were organizational policies blocking me, you know, I couldn't do that, or that's not the way we worked, or we, our network wasn't set up that, quite that way. So um, that, that's really important because, you know, the last several years, uh, I, I think um, just the industry, we've started to focus on threat hunting. And we, we talk about basically building threat hunters. We're educating threat hunters, people that can go out and, um, you know, identify threats and, and better help protect organizations. And what my message is, is I think focused threat hunting, threat hunting that takes into account um, organizational infrastructure, you know, what the assets look like, how the, how the network is connected, how the network is, um, you know, put together, as well as organization in terms of the policies and procedures, the playbook about how they run the network, how they run IT. That's really important. So I think focused, and that's my pitch here, focused threat hunting is, is essential. And it's one of the things that we need to think about more and, and, and work towards. Yeah, that's, um, we're, t we're trying to figure out from our space is how we help people get more value out of the tools and the integrations we do. 
What are some things analysts and, and security teams as a whole can really do to sharpen their skills or elevate their, their expertise? Yeah. Uh, again, another great question. Um, and it, for me, it's a really simple one. It's more practice, <laughs> right? It's a matter of uh, a really unfortunate thing is, you know, I go out, I would go out and I would get training uh, when I was working at Cisco, you know, uh, the organization's phenomenal. And so if I saw a training course that was interesting and I, I would make the time to go out and do it. And we train the staff that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Cisco employees, the, the, even the sales folks, everybody, the, the technical solution architects, everybody has an opportunity to, to receive, you know, 14 to 21, sometimes, you know, uh, more tra- days of training per year. All right. And, and it's important. I mean, of course, in that organization, it's tremendously important. They need to know the, how the products work. But they need to go further. They need to, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I'm so, you know, proud of at Cisco was the fact that we not, the technical solution architects that we have there are trained not only on the products, but how the products plug into customer environments and different customer environments. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the things that, you know, when I go out and I, I talk to customers, um, I, I want to see more often and that I, I want to, you know, one of the things I'm doing right now to help uh, customers, you know, or, or actually they're not customers anymore. They're, they're just the folks that are out there doing this business. I'm basically talking to them about um, security operation centers and how to develop better muscle memory, how to make things more automatic and fit better and policies work better in that security operations environment. And the, really the way to do that is more practice. So one of the things I'm pitching to, to everybody I talk to is I ask how many days uh, uh, per month do your, do your SOC analysts actually train? And so, you know, one of the things I say is, you know, let's start at one. <laughs> let's take one day where basically we take, a, you know, a SOC analyst out of rotation and we have them train. We actually have them go through and look at um, data from the network environment, you know, the network that we're actually protecting and, and find things. What's relevant there, right? And talk to other people in, the, you know, in that infrastructure and say, you know, hey, I found this. Is this relevant? Right. And hearing from, you know, the more senior people in that SOC environment, you know, these, you know, how things should be reported, how things should work. Right. They, that's, it's so important in terms of, you know, uh, the environment in terms of um, we turn and we basically say to these people, they have to make decisions about what is a, an actual alert, you know, what is not an alert. We ask them to do it continuously. And, um, and this helps build those skills, build that yeah. muscle memory about basically yeah. identifying the real threat that they see, the real threats they see in that environment. Yeah, and that's a great point. We, I keep hearing more and more studies and data on the volume of, <clears throat> of alerts and threats in a NOC or a SOC um, in any given day. And the numbers per SOC engineer is just off the chart. So they got to make decisions so quick. One of the questions that leads me to, and I'm sure you've got some good insights on this. How do teams move from that just reactive approach to SecOps to a much more advanced uh, threat hunting, proactive maneuvers? Again, good question. So the, again, I think the training is important and the training on the tools that are deployed in that, that environment is important. Uh, One of the things that, that I've seen and experienced in, in my own work is um, you know, we work in ever-changing environments, right? <laughs> so, so we're, you know, 
um, uh, we go from basically using, uh, say, Microsoft Teams to using Cisco WebEx to using Zoom, you know. Um, we go to basically from using essentially Exchange to using and, and deployed copies of Microsoft, you know, products to using Office 365. The, that same uh, transition, that same uh, progression happens with security tools. And it's important, you know, you have to know your tools, you, you, ha you know, and you have to know your tools at a level, especially if you're trying to keep up with this, uh, this mm -hmm. level of work that's coming through. Um, you know, you, you have to know your tools, you have to know which tools to use and how to use those tools. Um, one of the things I think is fantastic about the industry in general is, you know, we're, we're, our tools are helping us get so much better in terms of developing metrics and measure things, right? <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> um, think about it for a second, how, how much we can improve those metrics if we just basically step back and said, well, wait a second, if I, if I just show someone how to use this tool better so that they could basically get something done in, you know, one minute less time, I mean, you know, then you'd have you already have the background there to measure it. So, you know, so, so I think that's, I think that's what's most important. I think it's, um, we need to basically work on um, uh, helping our, you know, uh, people we put into this, into these roles to basically better understand the tools, be more and, and use them more efficiently. Right. Well, that, that brings up a great point. Uh, so obviously the training is <clears throat> the foundation what are some of those key tools or components that you believe they, they absolutely have to have for their security architecture to be effective in today's dynamic sure. threat landscape? Yeah. So I work in, uh, and, and the, the folks that I'm now teaching, uh, <clears throat> I hope are going to go to work in uh, organizations and they're going to work in a security operations role. So mm -hmm. they're going to be the people that um, are uh, a, a, you know, I like to think that I'm training tier one security operations center analysts, right? Okay. People that are going to be on the front line. Data is going to be coming in. They're going to be looking at that data. They're going to basically, uh, um, you know, use their knowledge of the tools to basically go and figure out what is a real alert, what should be escalated in the organization, and what basically is not really an alert. Uh, or maybe it's an alert that basically goes to another part of the organization. Maybe it's not a security issue. Maybe it's a network operations issue. Um, and so uh, tools that are, that are critical to this, there's a variety of different tools, I mean, uh, that, that are critical to this. Of course, if we're looking at Cisco, Cisco has, um, you know, it, its tools like StealthWatch, it has its DNA center, it basically has uh, the Cisco Secure, uh, mm -hmm. plat, you know, whole platform of tools, all right? But, and, and that's interesting because that basically is very often how some alerts get into the environment. But then there's, you know, there's the SIM tools, there's the security information and event management tools. You know, the folks from logarithms make some fantastic tools there. Splunk makes mm -hmm. uh, a great tool there. All right. And that basically is how we get into looking at the alerts, looking at the data coming out of, of all these tools that are in that infrastructure. Um, but then we get into that next layer of tools that the, really the security analysts use. And, and again, variety of different tools there, but Endace plays an important role there. And, 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 and that is, we talk about these alerts coming out and the alert represents something that essentially a system saw, right? Because it, of certain data that passed by and we, you know, where packet capture is so important is that's the data that passed by that set that alert off and being able to go back and look at packet capture to understand why that alert went off, why that alert or multiple alerts were generated is so important. 
And so, um, you know, there are a lot of packet capture tools out there. There's TCP dump, there's Wireshark, and, and they're great. I mean, I, I don't besmirch those. I use them all the time. But in a live organization, right, um, something happens and, you know, reviewing it days later and saying, geez, maybe we should go back and set up Wireshark there, station running Wireshark. Or right. Maybe we should go back to find a Linux box and, and run TCP dump. Isn't really, you know, that's not really possible. Or, you know, you're, you're then sitting there waiting for it to happen again. <laughs> and so that's why it's so important in, that uh, in a lot of organizations, network packet capture, all the time network packet capture mm. is so relevant. And I think that there's... Um, uh, you know, when I, I've said this many times, people, oh, you don't understand. It's so expensive. We can't do it. I, I, there's so many smart organizations that I've worked with that have basically gone out and said, you know what? We don't have to capture all the voice conversations. We don't have to capture all the Zoom <laughs> you know, meetings that are going on. Right. Um, so smart organizations will basically deploy these tools in such a way that it basically, that, that it ignores essentially things that are basically, you know, essentially un, uninvestigatable, right? And they get to the real data. And that's, that's critically important. That's tremendously important. That's actually, in terms of what I'm doing going forward, in terms of educating people, that's, that's what I hope that my students will do after my class. Right. No, that's an excellent point. And one of the things that kind of brings all this together, um, and, and I'm looking for how you recommend SecOps teams and CISOs handle this, the, the balance of they've got too many alarms, not enough time to spend for training, this sheer challenge of time and, and balancing it, right? The, uh, one of the manager I always had that said the one equalizer we all have is time. And it, that's a tough trade-off, right? You're trying to keep up on the, the incoming flood of alerts. You're trying to spend time to train. You're, you're trying to integrate your tools what do you recommend people stop and think about and handle that balance? So alarm fatigue is a real thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been speaking about this. I spoke about this when I was at Cisco. Um, you know, the too many alarms is a real thing. All right. Um, uh, you know, I work with, uh, I worked with a, just a group of brilliant people that basically came to Cisco several years ago from SourceFire. The, the literally the, you know, the developers of Snort, you know, and uh, I, I just had, unparalleled opportunity to basically go and get to know those, a lot of those folks and, and know that tool very well, as well as work with, you know, in terms of threat intelligence, I, I'm, I count myself as very lucky in that, you know, um, I started off working threat intelligence years and years and years yeah. ago at Cisco uh, and, and met in a, a whole bunch of those really uh, very interesting and, and smart people. When I went to Lancope, we basically didn't use Cisco for threat intelligence at all. So I, I just met this whole cadre of, of other really smart team, Kumri, yay. Um, and then when I came back to Cisco, Talos had been created and, and Talos was really running. So, uh, and the Talos organization, again, world class. But what it comes down to is um, being smart enough with the tools to basically understand how the tools are configured. All right, I, I point out Snort specifically. Snort's a fantastic tool for a lot of organizations, mm-hmm. but when you deploy Snort in, a, in an organization and you basically run, you know, pulled pork or the latest, what we call pull, pull, what we used to call pulled pork, the rule updater, right. uh, there's thousands of rules come through, right? And you really need to basically have people who are smart enough, who are trained well enough to basically know to go through and basically what is important and what's not important. And you have to have people that 
that have been trained in how to basically interpret when Snort issues an alert and it basically says this happened, you know, oh, someone's using Dropbox again. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a, the famous, you know, there's a Snort alert about using Dropbox, you know. Um, there's a Snort alert about using Dropbox that often comes up today if you're using Microsoft Teams, right? Mm-hmm. But you need to know these things. You need to be trained on these things. So I think that <clears throat> that comes down to alert logic and that comes down to within an organization, the tier one analyst basically documenting and saying, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this, being smart enough not to basically escalate it as essentially a security event, but instead of escalating it as an event that could be tuned. Something, you know, if, if I go and I talk to, if I'm a tier one analyst and I talk to, you know, a tier two analyst and I, I you know, I'm going to escalate this thing and he goes, no, no, it's a Dropbox thing. You don't have to escalate it. Um, how many times does that tier two analyst have to hear from a tier one analyst that, you know, oh, this is just a Dropbox thing or mm. it's a Microsoft Teams thing um, before they actually go and they edit the rule set to basically go and take that signature and, and either suppress it or make it so that it comes up less often. That, that's really important. And that comes back to knowledge of the tool right. and that knowledge of the tool, it could be, you know, <laughs> don't do it in a live environment. These are the things that, you know, what I, my suggestion is that you have a non-live environment where you can basically go and, you know, take your, your tier one analysts and take them offline one, one day a month, right, and have them work in a non-live environment, but with data captured from the live network okay. so that they understand how things are addressed, how the network is constructed constructed, how uh, the, the DNS, the internal DNS works, how the asset management system works. What's the interface to network operations? Making it so that essentially they have a better understanding of these tools and better, more of a comfort level so that they can go in and, and, and you know, make, either make themselves or make recommendations as to how to edit these tools. That's right. so critically important. Yeah, it's, it, what you bring up an interesting point too that I'd like to explore your thoughts on is um, one of the hottest tools or platforms in the space right now is uh, SOAR right? Security, orchestration, automation, and response. Um, how do you see that helping or hurting this skill gap, right? Because that's, that's a process, you know, computer handling some basic stuff, yeah. Yeah. which is good because it's saving them time. But then is there things being missed? What's your thoughts on it? So th- th- again, that's a, a great point. And it's actually tremendously relevant to today because so many organizations have security information and event management sim systems yeah. and they they you know when we go back and we say you know how, you know how do you investigate something when well, we go back and we look in the sim you know to figure out what happened who alerted when in the past um, in order for soar adoption to grow people have to get more comfortable with the whole point of that orchestration piece right. and being able to define the characteristics of something that you're going to respond to. And uh, that's, that's a real challenge. You know, I, I think in a lot of customer environments because of the, the way that, you know, people have been trained, they don't go, you know, they, they, they tend to, re- they try to report or escalate things that are actually true security alerts and they don't basically escalate things that are, geez, I, you know, I, I saw 15, you know, uh, uh, snort alerts about this, which it really happened, but it's not really a critical event. Hmm. Um, you know, they're not modifying the tools. They're not basically customizing the tools. They're not custom, you know, going through and editing the signature libraries. Um, 
you know, and, and that's really important. Sim tools are, are great for basically finding what needs to be done, mm-hmm. but the, the true allure and the true value of source systems is basically going to be the actual uh, acting on that. You have to be able to go in and understand and edit the situation. The other thing the source systems do is pretty much all the source systems bring in threat intel. And again, threat intel is fantastic. All right, threat intelligence is is wonderful, but um, somebody has to basically go and say, um, and again, this is more of a tier three or a SOC manager role of, in terms of the threat intel, what are the th- what are the threats that we're most interested in in this environment? All right, going to an organization. Um, that basically is a financial services organization and, you know, talking to them about HIPAA compliance, not really a good thing. So, you know, you've got to basically, if you're getting that threat feed, that threat feed should be uh, really emerging threats. It should be things that are relevant to your environment. Mm -hmm. um, Again, that's something that we have to learn and we have to basically go and and do more on in terms of, in terms of escalating those things. I mean, you can become, I mean, I think the future is, potentially becoming overwhelmed with threat intelligence data. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the sources of threat intelligence data are, you know, are, there's a myriad of different, you know, yeah. places that you can get threat intelligence data. But coming online is actually our national certs basically going to mm-hmm. be basically going and providing, uh, you know, uh, threat intelligence data. We already had the explosion of ISACs. Right, and now we now we're going to have national certs basically going and providing threat intel data. You know, it, it has to basically be uh, again orchestrated. It has to basically go right. and made sense for an organization. And in order to do that, you've got to st- step back and you've got to train that that security operations staff. You've got no, to basically enable those a, analysts. That's a great things. point. And one of the things the threat intel data tying that together, I keep thinking about is. The threats keep getting more sophisticated, more advanced, you know, combining this threat with this threat and making them work together, right? To get that, the access, then the infiltration, the reconnaissance, and then, you know, obviously either destructiveness or exploitation of data. What are some best practices or trainings you see companies doing to handle more of these advanced threats, right? These APTs as an example. So, Again, really good question because the uh, I think that the the a lot of the issues. So we see a lot of threats. We see, you know they, there's a there's like a constant noise level, right? Um, and and that a lot of that comes from the fact that if you go back ten years and you look at the you know if we were threat hunting ten years ago, the folks that basically and the threats that we saw, the things that were coming in were from the developers of that threat. So um, th- there were fewer things, but they were literally from the folks that were developing that capability. And so, um, you know, once you basically understood how to, how to uh, respond, you were, you were set. Um, I think the problem today is that there's this constant noise level of, of things that are out there that are really not tremendously sophisticated. Mm. All right. But they're, but they're out there. So, and, and that goes for, uh, you know, uh, knocking on the door and trying to basically take advantage of vulnerabilities that goes to phishing. All right, which is you know, which is huge. There are so many pe- people out there that are using phishing tools to basically go and just you know try you know trying to basically go and get in. Hmm. It's hard. That noise level, that that base level is is difficult. The the real threat or the the more important threat in, in my mind is the the folk the 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 
smaller group of black hats out there that basically can go and knit together two or three of those. Yeah. Those are the ones that are most dangerous. I mean, you know, if we go back and we look at, you know, the, 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 um, the uh, successful web attacks over the past, you know, five years, mm-hmm. um, you know, some of them are being able to gain access to an organization is, is one thing. And, and having being able to scout around inside is one thing. Being able to scout around inside and, and identify a, a pool of information, it, that's, a, that's a, an escalation. That's the next step. Being able to basically gain access to that information and, and get to a point where it could be exfiltrated, right, is, is like the next step, right? Being able to actually create a, a mechanism for exfiltrating uh, that, that information out of the network you know, that, that's it. That's, you know, that, that's, and do, and doing so without basically, you know, um, uh, providing essentially a, a direct path or a, a yellow line through the internet back to where you are. Th- those are the, the really, you know, those are very, very important to a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. And so being able to, you know, go through that, that, um, that cyber kill chain and basically be able to understand where we are in that cyber kill chain and, and, you know, being able to respond adequately in the cyber kill chain, <coughs> so, so important. And, and it's, you know, I, I just talked about information exfiltration. Um, you know, that's a more complex environment. I mean, you know, today, we really, a lot of what we're concerned about today is in terms of healthcare, in terms of utilities, um, someone doesn't have to necessarily exfiltrate information. All they need to do is be able to gain access inside a network and be able to impact or affect different systems in the network. Uh, medical, if they can basically impact any kind of medical device, right? And and again, ransomware, no, yeah. very little exfiltration of information. But if I can get my tools on board, I can deny you access to your data. Yeah. So understanding the kill chain and understanding where we are in the kill chain and being able to basically respond to the kill chain, you know, I think that's critically important. Yeah, I think no, that, that's, that's an excellent point, Brian. So one thing, again, I like to ask all of our guests for our listeners, what's the one thing you would recommend people really look out for or think about over the next six to 18 months? Uh, Everything's very dynamic right now, of course, but in the ever-shifting battle for cyber and network security, what what do you think people should really be paying attention to? And and my whole point and really what I'm doing is I'm trying and I'm trying to basically go and, and get people to uh, better understand the tools they're using. Right. So use this time to basically uh, uh, better understand the tools they're using. I mean, you know, there are again, tremendous number of tools on the market, but if you go and talk to any particular organization, they have a subset of tools that they use um, and use the essentially the where we're at right now in terms of the pandemic and a lot of people working remotely, um, use that time to basically go and train on those tools and develop better skills on those tools and better understanding of how those tools work in that organization's environment. That's what's critically important. I mean, um, certifications are fantastic. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I train people to attain certification. <laughs> so naturally, I've got a, a, you know, a horse in that race. But what's critically important, if I can train someone who can go out and interview and attain a job someplace and start adding value uh, pretty quickly, um, that's fantastic. But for their long-term success, the thing I always basically tell my students is um, you have to understand that organization. You have to understand if you, if there's a tool that we didn't cover that they use in that environment, you need to master that tool. I showed you how to master some tool. All right. 
Uh, I happen to work quite a bit with Security Onion. So um, it's a fantastic tool. It's used in a lot of organizations. I wish more organizations used it. Um, but there's a lot of other great tools out there mm-hmm. very much like Security Onion, right? That, that I then say, listen, I showed you how to do it here. Show me how to do it there. How, many, right. how do you do those? And then more important, um, understand how it works in that environment. And understand basically go how to basically go and and how that network is constructed and how that network is addressed and how DNS works in that network and how NTP works in that network, right? Gaining understanding of, of all, all of the fundamentals of that network is important. And then the third part is basically understanding again how that organization operates, understanding their playbook, their security operations playbook, understanding their runbook, understanding how IT works in an organization. Yeah. And understanding, I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, understanding what organizational policies are. Um, You know, a lot of organizations will basically go and, uh, you know, their organizational policies are such that if you do something wrong, it's basically a, uh, you know, it's a, you'll be admonished or you'll be fired. All right. Um, However, if you're doing criminal activity, (laughs) you know, um, you know, some organizations will go as far as to basically call up law enforcement. There's, that's something I, I don't think enough organizations really think about, mm-hmm. but you know, when the laws are broken, all right, it becomes more of an organizational issue and more of a societal issue. So, you know, the, the impact law enforcement's there to help. All right. And it's something that I think, you know, maybe, maybe the paths could be, you know, better, 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 better uh, yeah. uh, utilized. So. No, Brian, that's excellent insights. And certainly from my perspective, uh, every time I talk to you, I, I get, uh, I learn something new on the security front. So you're, you're my absolute source for training for sure, buddy. Well, thanks, I appreciate man. you taking a little bit of time. Thank you for joining and sharing your Thank you, man. Uh We'd ask our listeners to tune in next time for another edition of the Endace Packet Forensic Files. For more information about Endace's network packet capture platform and our integrations with our fusion technology partners like Cisco, uh, please go to endace.com. Brian, again, thank you. and. Thank you all.